0: Alrighty, welcome to another Root Issues Podcast, where Steve and I are gathered around the table to bridge the generational gaps and discuss the root issues of our culture. In this episode, the conversation is based on, wow, how are we pursuing love? Good question: How are you running after love? How are you chasing love? Um, Steve did bring up in his Sunday morning message the song "Looking for Love in All the Wrong Places." Now you got to be old to remember that country. Yeah, you know, I just wanted to throw out there that was done and song and won a Grammy by Johnny Lee there we go you know but looking for love in all the wrong places (laughs) looking for love this is why i'm a youth pastor now but anyway there is this concept that we're all looking for love we're going to be jumping into first corinthians we're going to be looking at a little bit of chapter 12 a little bit of 13 a little bit of 14 we're going to be jumping in there and looking at the love chapter that was not a chapter in the original text it was part of a letter that connected to the second chapter and steve is going to help us bridge those two together so that we might understand how to pursue love yes. all right steve take it away man
1: yeah that's it chris I, I think um boy if there's the the love chapter you know most of us have heard it in uh this chapter 13 of first corinthians um, most of us have heard that in weddings and it's, yeah. and nothing wrong with that it's it's the most beautiful language you have about love in all of uh the world actually um but uh, We have to—rarely, I think, have we ever heard it preached or taught in its rightful context. And the context is it's sandwiched between chapter 12 and chapter 14, where Paul is exhorting and teaching the church in Corinth to uh, correct how they were loving one another in the body and using spiritual gifts— And uh, so that's the context, ultimately, of this, and he kind of brings all that to a head in, in chapter 14, verse 1, where his command to them is pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. And we talked about how most of us, throughout church, our church experience, and most yeah. denominations, right, fling to kind of one side or the other. Uh, many will fling to the side of, oh, well, let's just love. Let's minimize the, the you know importance of the spiritual gifts. Some churches even say, oh, the gifts don't even exist today. Um, it, they're controversial. They're whatever it is. We just need to love, right? We just need to focus on the fruit of the spirit of yeah. love. Other side of that spectrum is churches that we would say maybe let's call it charismania, where they all focus on the gifts, all focus on we must have an encounter and they lose the fruit as such of the, uh, yeah. of the spirit of God.
0: I was, and, I was in that one of those camps. Oh yeah.
1: Swinging from chandeliers <laughs> and everything. No, one oh. of those
0: camps. Like oh, I just said, oh, one of those camps. Oh, one like, of the other, yeah, oh, one yeah. of the other. I mean, actually few, I've yeah. been in church. I've been, you've in probably both. been in both. Yeah. I've been in both at different
1: <laughs> times in, in life. Absolutely. And so what we're shooting for here is a church. And this is why actually we align ourselves with churches that we call the word and spirit churches. We want uh, great theology, um, you know based on the scriptures but also with that right everything that the spirit of god has for us and not put a limit on those yeah. and bring those together um where it says you know the father's looking for those who worship in spirit and truth and uh you know that's the goal but uh and but we see the the corinth the corinthian church was um on the the, the side that was focusing too much on spiritual gifts and they had were boasting in their gifts, they were showing their gifts off, especially the gift of tongues. They were not concerned about loving each other and that that the gift is there to build up each other. Uh They were just building themselves up. So Paul's writing to correct them in these chapters um, not to dispel, and I think this is a problem. Nowhere he ends it by saying, "Don't forbid these gifts," yeah, but do them in order. And he lays out in chapter the end of chapter fourteen, you know what it, what it should look like, right? When we mm-hmm. come together, and it's it's pretty amazing, really, uh, that he gives such great detail about, hey, this is what should happen when you gather as a church. And when we look at our church traditions that we've grown up in, nothing wrong with any of these things. You know, we just got on the list of liturgy, uh, all the things that we man has created mm-hmm. in different denominations and everything throughout time. However, unfortunately, what's happened is for a lot of people, they've grown up with a higher commitment and importance of those things, man's traditions, than they have on the scriptures of what you know, has been given in our scriptures, that should yeah. be happening in church. So I always say, look, nothing wrong with those traditions, like the creeds, uh, mm-hmm. the church calendar, all these things, whatever liturgy we have in the church, nothing wrong with those things. But if those things take a, a greater priority than what we read right here, yeah. in the sense of how the spiritual gifts, sh- there should be space and involvement there, then there is a problem. And, yeah. uh, and I think that's a big problem, right, for the church, that we all should be uh, really wrestling with, is that are the scriptures informing
0: right, our expectation, right, of um, what should be happening, right, when well, yeah. we got the good. And, I mean, it's like, you know, just a side note, like one of your titles for this message um, was, like, you know, why do we have open mic? You know, like why does Crossroads have mics? Because right. we want to create a space for those gifts, words of encouragement, um, somebody who had an experience or an encounter with God that week with, that was just supernatural, just awesome, and just they needed to share it with the body. And so, right. you know, just that concept of, like, just how – here at crossroads we're trying to create space yeah. and the opportunity for people to you know just fan into flames people's faith yeah 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 ab-
1: absolutely and uh, w- you know we won't take time on the podcast but i just encourage any listener to go read these three chapters and read them in context in the context of love chapter Uh, You know, Paul says at the end of chapter 12, but earnestly desire the higher gifts. And I'll show you still a more excellent way. Well, what does he mean, the higher gifts? And the whole argument here Uh is pursue, as as we saw in 14, earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. But the motive behind that is that we might build each other up. We Absolutely. We might love. strengthen, and that's love, right? Yeah. We build each other by, we, I love you, therefore I want my gift. I want this gift of healing. I want this gift of word of knowledge, prophecy, whatever it is. My motive needs to be because I want to bless, right, and build up and be a vessel that God uses to love and bring his power and blessing to an encouragement, right, mm-hmm. to other yeah. people. That is what Paul is, is upholding there, and he, he gives many examples and everything. Um, and, and, and when we read that love is patient, love is kind, love does not envy or boast most of the, most of us we immediately go to wedding or something <laughs> yeah, right, totally, or, or yeah. vows or something, and again, nothing wrong with that. However, the context is to be applied to when the body gathers together for worship is mm-hmm. are we patient with each other right yeah are we Kind to each other or we envying in the Corinthian promise that they were envying, they were boasting on their own gifts and who they were, their yeah. role, their leadership in the church rather than being concerned about building up right, mm-hmm. one of yeah. the um, you know, one thing I didn't touch on that I thought would be interesting for us to talk about because this is yeah. quite controversial is you know many people, the ones typically on the side that minimize the spiritual gifts uh-huh. or might even believe in a theology that's oh, we just you know do whatever. I challenge anyone to find anywhere in the Scripture where the gifts have ceased or they're not uh, valid today. I, yeah. I, I propose, boy, we need them even more today than yeah. in the past uh, for many reasons. So, and more and more, I think, uh, when we think of seeing what's going on in the world, right? But- Absolutely and God has and I think another important thing is is that he lists nine supernatural gifts in chapter 12 that he wants and, and expects to be used when the church gathers together but that's not exhaustive there's other places Romans Ephesians yeah. that list other gifts and I firmly believe like most that there's many many like worship is a, a spiritual gift I Absolutely. think you know he says when you gather together someone comes with a hymn well that's a gift mm-hmm. right and a creative gift so there's yeah. all kinds of gifts out there the key is are they spirit and Inspired, and are they with a motive to love and build up the body? Right yeah. now, these gifts also should empower us to go outside the body and bring the love of Jesus like he did. He brought healing to people. Mm-hmm. He brought words of knowledge, you know, all kinds of uh, things um, that uh, how Jesus loved right people when he engaged him as the early church did. Um, but one of the things that happens on this side uh, where uh, of the church tradition that minimizes the gifts, minimizes that kind of presence of God manifest through spiritual gifts, working through people in church is, you know, they're the ones that would say, we just need to love, you know, kind yeah. of that end of the spectrum, let's say, is they, they're concerned that would be also people who... Uh, have created, let, let's just say, seeker sensitive church, right? We yeah. do church for the unchurched. Yeah. So everything they do in the church is to make. People feel comfortable, right? So let's take down all the religious symbols. Let's and even sing secular songs. Let's make them feel comfortable. Let's give them, you know, uh, let's entertain them, right? That that has been what has permeated so much of parachurch, so much of church, um, mentalities. Let's be relevant, right? All this Mm -hmm. stuff, and um, unfortunately, I would say that focus has got us away from what Scripture says. So, what does Paul say in chapter fourteen? Why he advocates church when you come together, to love each other, build each other, pursue the gifts, be vessels of, of his power, right? Now, look at this. This is in chapter 14, verse um, 24. So he's just made an argument that when we gather, we need mm-hmm. to focus on prophecy because so people can understand it. Or if you have a tongue, there needs to be an interpreter, right, which would be the same as prophecy. Right? Absolutely. So verse 24 says, but if you all prophesy... And an unbeliever or outsider enters the church, he's convicted by all. He is called to account by all. The secrets of his heart are disclosed. And so falling on his face, he will worship God and declare that God is really among you. Mm-hmm. Now, that is how Paul describes the expectation yeah. for someone who comes into a church environment um, from the outside, right? Yeah. That is radically different than Mm -hmm. how most churches treat visitors or expect um, God to meet visitors when they come into the church, because church should be a place, and this is what Paul describes in chapters 12, 13, 14, a place where someone comes in and they meet somebody greater than anything we can offer or us. Yeah, totally. They meet God. And they see love exhibited in that place among each other like they don't see anywhere else out in the world. Um, And this is, I think, a good test for the church is, you know, we have great music. We have a great maybe teaching time, you know, great social time, coffee, everything. Well, I can take you anywhere in the world, lots of places, and and show you great entertainment, show you great music, show you great all these things, right? So when somebody comes in the church, there should be something radically different that they experience. And ultimately, what Paul is saying is if the the goal, right, is they come in and they encounter God. And how they're going to encounter God is, again, God moves the whole point of the spiritual gifts is that God's power, his love, move through us, vessels, the body of Christ, to gather together uniquely each of us, his gifts flowing through us, loving people right bringing a word to them encouragement to them healing to them whatever it may be um, that they might encounter God encounter him and encounter something that they would not encounter out there in the world anywhere right and doesn't mean that out there in the world when we when we talk to people and witness to them that they can encounter God but it, it, it is different when the whole body is in worship together Jesus promises his presence right in the midst of all of that so again, I, I just throw that out for us to think about.
0: Wow. Oh, that's a lot to think about. So we're just going to yeah. stop there, okay? Because you know it's like you know, but if all prophesy and an unbeliever or an outsider enters, he's convicted by all. I mean, you know, that's like terrifying because it's like yeah. you know, if I walk in, then everybody like looking at me, and it's like, oh, we know the sin you're in, you know. And so what I think, you know, when you read that, what you've really got to do is you've got to pull back from where he was in thirteen like all of this is done out of love that's it. and or so it, it should be yeah it. it should be right. it's not and that's that's the biggest you know cloak right. that satan has thrown over the church is you know like there's judgment there's conviction there's punishment you know and those are the things that are sometimes brought out in the form of using a gift but it's probably not a true supernatural spiritual gift from the holy spirit because it's not being delivered properly right. it's being abused and so If you confront somebody with their struggles in love, what you're actually doing is like, hey, you got something on your back there. I'm going to take that off. How does that feel? Mm -hmm. Feel a little lighter? You you feel like you can move? Oh, what? You you say you can breathe now and you (laughs) haven't been able to breathe because you've been under so much anxiousness and stress. And so you have to, you know, we really have to grasp this picture that, In the supernatural and in the use of the gifts and in pursuing love first, what we're really saying is we love everybody where they're at, and we want to free them from the things that are burdening them. And so if your expectation, I'm going to church today, why? Because I have so much I'm carrying right now. I need to lift it off. I need to be around my brothers and sisters. If I'm bringing a friend who's not, then I'm going to be like, dude, today, expect to feel a weight released, that you now have hope that there's something bigger than you. You have hope that God is on your side, and then all of those weights are removed. I I think far too many times people might come to church with the expectation that they're going to find the formula that they can then apply to their life starting on Monday that's going to create a better life for them instead of Mm -hmm. an encounter with God Mm -hmm. where he says, you don't need to carry that anymore. You're forgiven of that. Let it go. And you have all that you need to complete your task. And those statements and those encounters bring hope. (laughs) I mean, I'm just going to speak from like the people who are like, whoa, 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 gifts. Mm -hmm. No way. Whoa. Mm -hmm. Because I did. I grew up in sensationism. To where, yes. Well, okay, I'm going to define that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The church I grew up in basically said that after the last disciples and apostles of the church had passed on, God did no more miraculous works. There were no more signs and wonders. I mean, you could, you know, answered prayers. I don't know how they, how they process that. Well, they that. would believe that God still heals in yes. some things. But no, 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 no. no, no the doctor's hands would be yeah. blessed in the surgery, and oh, then the wow, surgery okay. would heal. Not so much that God would remove it or, you know, heal miraculously. So, yeah, like I don't understand how, you know, they constituted And I wasn't a very astute follower of Christ back then. Like I just kind of went and accepted. I didn't question. But later in life, you know, when I was starting to understand more of God's wisdom and such, and I was working with my coworker, you know, we would be, we'd have a high school student. And like, okay, so they're like into drugs. And, oh, my gosh, I, I, I think they're having sex. You know, and then we would scramble like where 's that book <laughs> where 's that book? Because we would need to go to a book to get counsel on how to counsel and then when both myself and this coworker started seeking to live more in the spirit and the wisdom of God, we sought the books less, and we sought God more, yeah. and we were not shocked and in awe, not despaired, not in strife like oh I've got to have milkshake with this kid tomorrow and talk about like you know his heavy drug use. You know, we were equipped to speak into that kid's heart from the Holy Spirit speaking through us. And so you know it just it didn't make it easier like sometimes they received and sometimes they didn't, but what it did is we were equipped way beyond our own knowledge. You know, and, and that's still how I operate today. Like I don't want to deliver what I know I want to deliver what God delivers to me to deliver to others. Yeah. And so the pressure's off of me. I become a vessel for him. I, I'm still study. I still want to understand, but yet... I'm not dependent on yeah. a book and, like, okay, this chapter says if your student in your youth ministry is thinking of this, then right. apply these questions to them.
1: Right. Well, you bring up, a, 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 I think, an important question that, that a lot of people uh, have a problem with, which is the idea of, of speaking things and encouraging people that. It's just the idea of prophecy or word knowledge or something that is is not in the Scripture, right? Yeah. So the people mm-hmm. on that one side are going to, you know, it's all the Word. It's just got to be the Word, and, mm-hmm. and that's all you need. And, um, uh, and, and they discount the power of God giving something not never against His Word. The Word not of never God is word. the yeah. foundation. It's the standard, and that's exactly what chapter 14 says. Everything should be tested right back mm-hmm. to the Word of God. But they discount that God wants to speak uniquely into people's lives to love them into the very unique decisions and things going on yeah. in their life. Even the verse we just read, well, how is somebody going to have a word of knowledge about somebody to bring conviction in somebody's life so yeah. that they can have an encounter with God and experience his grace? Yeah. Well, that's just, um, they, they could read the Bible and come to that. But when somebody, God uses us to love mm-hmm. right someone and to be a vessel of that love right and ministry, right? Right. Into somebody's life. Yeah. So uh, I think that's uh, a real important piece into this. God is still speaking. Oh, his, absolutely, his word yeah. is his word and he doesn't contradict his word ever, but he's still speaking um, to those who are listening. And uh, the role of prophecy is just huge. Obviously the book of Acts, Pentecost, right, is <laughs> the whole premise of the church should be we are a spirit people. And um, and now everybody right yeah. is to operate and hear from God
0: and, and to be a vessel of his ministry. But, I mean, like, you know, the what if is, like, what if the Bible was to point us to be in a deeper relationship with God? I mean, like James talks about, like, if any of you lacks wisdom, ask God who gives it freely, right? without judgment. Like, I don't deserve God's wisdom on probably 99% of my days, but I can ask for God's wisdom on every one of my days because he is freely giving wisdom to those who ask for it without judgment. And so, like, you know— I think sometimes, like, the church I I grew up in definitely believed, like, you know, every answer we need for every problem can be found in God's Word. And that's a true statement. But sometimes that answer is directing you into a deeper relationship, a a belief in God and His active role in your life that's beyond your understanding.
1: Right. Absolutely.
0: And so, and then that's kind of what moves it into the supernatural. But, okay, so we we talked about secret churches now. What, you know, like— you want to have that nice environment. You want people to walk in. You want them to feel mm-hmm. comfortable, right. you know. And so, when we talk about like a secret church, we're not talking about like you well, know, what define, the building looks like. Right, yeah, right. let's define secret comfort. church.
1: Yeah, comfort. Uh, in other words, I think we have to watch that. We want people to come in, and ultimately, as let's just say the church, we want to come in and a church is to be a family it's a place that (laughs) i belong it's a place of grace and hope and the love of god and that the fruits of the spirit are alive in that place and all the gifts should be operative while we have a cafe hospitality people should come and feel welcome feel like they belong uh so that's if if what we mean by comfort there yes hospitality and those kind of things but more than anything the goal is that we all would encounter god together and be available to be a vessel of God's love to each other mm. and build each yeah. other up towards everything God has for us. And that includes conviction. That yeah. includes rebuke, right, um, in that process. So um, oftentimes we, we, you have to come to a place of repentance if you're going to grow, if you're going to be saved, if you're going to grow in certain yeah. things. So that that has to be an element in there too. But I, I think it boils down to this idea of just our confusion around love. And, and this mm. lie, unfortunately, that uh, that says that somehow we can love without the spirit of God. Yes, yeah. you know the scripture simply says First John four that um, God is love. He yeah. is love. Culture says love is God, right? Mm-hmm. That is false. God is love, and um, and uh, chapter four of First John also says that we love because He first loved us. Uh-huh. So our capacity to love without the Spirit of God is extremely limited. It is uh, by the flesh. It might look kind of good for a while, but ultimately, again, the motive and everything, we're not empowered by the spirit of God. Mm -hmm. So the first fruit of the spirit in Galatians five is love, love, joy, peace. When the spirit of God moves, right? Love comes alive. And, and to be saved is the spirit comes inside us, awakens Mm -hmm. us to be a, a vessel of God's love and church. When the body comes together should be this incredible exchange, kind of, you know, like a big dinner table of just love, acceptance, and an invite into this glorious family. Uh, as we all are there it, it, it rejoicing in the, it, our all of our motives should be uh, to become and please God right, yeah. and to worship him, bring a sacrifice of praise, and serve him by loving others right mm-hmm. and These chapters just show part of that is i 'm willing to pursue it says to earnestly desire the gifts. So that I can um love people and real allow the spirit to manifest in certain yeah. ways, right?
0: And I mean when you when you look at that in the context it's like this is what you should strive for, but we still have to go back to the you know, the beginning blocks of like, you know, what is your expectation when you come to church and gather with the body on Sunday? Right. You know, because I know like, you know, it's kind of become like, you know, I'm here this Sunday. I'm out for three weeks. I'm here this Sunday. You know, you know, and I mean, I'm on staff, so it's really hard to say. Like, man, I'm here every Sunday. Oh, you know, but I I really I live in that world of always comparison. Like, if I wasn't on staff, Mm -hmm. would I be here on Sunday? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, growing up, I was here. I was at church on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. So I was like, you know, it was a doctorate, and it's what the Henderson family did. It was right. our culture, you know, and I loved being with those people sure. because there was love there. But there was no gift. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there was no supernatural, but, you know, I loved being with those people because we were working so hard out of our own self to love one another. And, you know, then I had some arguments, and then that one girl dumped me. But that's okay. Um but what we have to say is, like, what is our expectation for church? Because if, if you struggle at times, like, I will go this week, i oh, we're a little booked, I'm a little maxed, this week was crazy, I need this for me, then I think you have the wrong expectation of what you should see when you arrive at church. You have your wrong expectation of what you're going to experience at yeah. church.
1: Yeah, I mean, let's just be honest. Uh, all of us have been conditioned with a, a, a consumer mentality. Yeah. And yeah. honestly, that's the church's fault. We create a lot of American church is, is create the big box and create all the services. Come and it's to build a crowd. It's yeah. come. We're entertaining you. We're feeding you. Yeah. We've got the services for you. Uh, that is not in the scriptures Yeah, that you won't find that anywhere in the yeah. scriptures. Um, and so we have to recover that, you know, um, and what and again, chapters 12, 13, 14 is 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 the and, you know, the end of 14. It, a lot of people miss it. But you know, Paul says this is a command of the Lord. Yeah. You know, this is clearly just driving a you know the yeah. the nail in to say, look, this is a command of the Lord. Um, this isn't optional. Uh, you, yeah. This is one way. This is one way to do church. Yeah. No, no. This is the command of the Lord that we should be pursuing. All that other stuff is fine mm-hmm. as long as it plays secondary to what God's Word says. So I, I think w- we've got to do some work, right, to love, create an environment of love, an yeah. expectation of what it is to be a follower of Christ, to be part of the body and uh also what what should be happening when we gather together providing yeah. space for others to get involved yeah right uh, that it's not just that's why we you know made the change with with communion that hey gather up this should not be just it, nowhere in scripture was it ever just a personal yeah. um expression communion was communal around the table with yeah. the family of god as we rejoice in jesus the uh is you know his body and his blood together You know, Mm -hmm. it's not this, you know, handed to me as an individual act. You will not find that in Scripture. So it's just recovering some of those communal ecclesia is the Greek word for, right, the gathered body of Christ.
0: Yeah, and when you look at that, when we talk about expectation, it's like, you know, I have an expectation that I'm going to experience God. I'm going to see something change. I'm with the body. And I have an expectation of, like, where can I bless somebody? Where can God use me in the context of Sunday to give somebody a hug, to give somebody, you know, a word, to just, you know, even have an opportunity to pray with somebody, you know. And just, you know, like in my service downstairs, you know, it's like, wow, you know, I get to hear where these kids are at. Like this Sunday, you know, got to hear from this sweet little child who's like, God doesn't hear my prayers. I'm like, well, that's false. Thanks for playing, you know. You know, But he struggled because he has prayed for something that seems like it should be delivered, but yet for two years he's been in this transition, and, and so it's like this opportunity to, like, I'm going to encourage you, yeah. whether you want it or not, I'm going to encourage you, like, don't stop yeah. believing, sure. journey. Um, don't stop believing, right. you know, because he's got this heart mm-hmm. that loves God. He has mom and dad who are faithful, but right. yet in his own personal prayer life he's struggling. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, it's like this is a chance for me to to encourage this kid, not just sweep it under the rug and well that's not part of our curriculum today and Sunday, so let's keep mm-hmm. moving forward. But yeah, so you know, it's the ability to say, I'm going to church, the gathered body, I'm going to experience God, mm-hmm. and I'm going to experience God allowing me to bless somebody else yeah, with whatever it. gift I have. That's it. That's it. You know? So that as that uh, verse 25 ends, yeah.
1: that uh, when that person comes to church and they encounter the the church in worship and yeah. serving each other and loving each other, yeah. that they declare that God is really among, among them, them, right? Yeah. That, that's church, yeah. right? The evidence, the testimony, wow, God is working. This is, this is not just something that man can do and yeah. put together. No, God is active here. That's, yeah. that's what we're shooting for. That's what yeah. God desires, because yeah. he desires to dwell with us and move among us. So, yeah um yeah so this pursuit of love and earnestly desire right the, the spiritual gifts boy what would happen if we just started obeying these three chapters when it yeah. came
0: to worship wow It'd be pretty yeah. awesome yeah we could either say that church might be a little shorter or it could be a lot longer mm-hmm. you know it's probably going to be either or yeah but remember it's <laughs> interesting on that right he
1: paul gives order yeah no more than three at a time yeah. right so i mean it, it, you you see um, the order brought in so that's where often you know the three four hour thing that yeah. keeps going on and on is uh boy i don't know paul's got something to say about that yeah. Like, yeah like yeah like
0: all right well we're just out of time and we're not out of topic and out of conversation on this one so this week i just challenge you to, like you know think what do you ex- what do you ex- what is your expectation for church this sunday you know pray into it like tomorrow thursday and friday and saturday pray in like god give me an expectation for church and allow him the room to fulfill that so that you become more hungry to gather the body if you're like i'm not so sure about the gifts then just ask god a simple question what does he think about the gifts and what gifts has he given you to bring more joy more service more love to the body of christ and so if you ever have any questions or comments send them to Root Issues at ccaspen.com. We're here to receive that. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for listening to your midweek joke, and I hope it got you thinking.